0: Amen. Uh, for those of you with kids next door, uh, just so you know, they're going to hang on to them just until we're done with the service over here. Then you can head over and uh, and get them. They will keep track of them for you. So uh, whenever whenever they close up over there tonight, I think they're doing some a couple extra things. They're running a little bit longer, so they said we'll just uh, we'll hang on to them. And when the service is done. Everything's good. All right. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 8, if you would. Ecclesiastes chapter 8. And I'm not going to stay there long. We'll look at one verse and then we're going to kind of move over to the book of Mark. But uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 8. And verse number four, Ecclesiastes chapter eight, and verse number four, he says, Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, What doest thou? Uh, this is a fantastic verse. You and I just went to prayer, and uh, we've been praying. And we come where? Well, we come boldly onto a throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Well, who sits on a throne? Well, a king sits on a throne. That's kind of the purpose, right? And uh, so he's the king, and we know Jesus Christ, of course, ultimately is the king of kings. And Lord of Lords, Revelation chapter 19, make sure you know that. And so we get to come before a king, and where the word of a king is, there is power. And we come before that throne to go ahead and access and see if he'll speak and say something and change something. And so tonight, I just want to show a few places. Turn over to Mark chapter 2. We'll start there, and I just want to show you a few places where Jesus speaks and how amazing it is when a king opens his mouth and goes ahead and does what he wants. Uh, Because that question comes in, who can say to him, what doest thou? Uh, That's a pretty awesome statement as well. Who gets to go up to God and say, what are you doing? Uh, What do you think you're doing? You know what his answer is? Whatever I want, I'm God. That's the answer. I'm the king. You don't get to tell him what to do. All right, that's why Esther's worried about stepping in front of the king. That's why Nehemiah's worried in front of the king. Everybody gets nervous in front of the king. Why? Because what he says goes. If he doesn't like what you're doing, you're done. And as soon as he speaks, they take your head off. That's all there is to it. And so where word of a king is, there's power, and Jesus has got an awful lot of power when he speaks. And He is the Word that came flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is on the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And I could cover about a million verses on this, but I don't want to keep you long, so I won't. Let's have a word of prayer, and we'll start looking through just to start maybe the first, uh, well, chapter two, three, four, five, We'll look at those uh, here, so we'll go quick. We'll only look at four chapters in Mark tonight, all right? Lord, I do thank You for the night. I thank You for, Lord, bringing us here together. I pray that You would be with uh, Lord, Pastor Lego, strengthen him and help him. I pray, the Lord, the things he's dealing with now would be uh, well resolved here in the next day or two. And, Father, your hand would be upon it. And, Lord, we're looking for you to speak right there in that, in that instance as well. Lord, we do pray that you would bless our night tonight. Be with the prayer requests that have gone up. I pray that each one would be answered according to your will and your way, Father, because you know what's best. And Lord, we pray once again, you'd bless our night. I pray you'd help the conclusion of Vacation Bible School to go well. And once again, we pray you'd get the praise, the honor, and the glory. Encourage us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here we are in Mark chapter 2, verse number 1. And again, he entered into Capernaum, talking about Jesus after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as at the door. As about the door, and he preached the word unto them, and they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when he they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Uh, but there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said to them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier for, to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk, but that they might may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Uh, First thing I want you to see when Jesus speaks is your sins are cleansed. Uh, You can get your sins cleansed if Jesus would speak. That's a pretty good deal. You say, why do I have to go to Jesus Christ? Why is it that there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved? Because Jesus is the one who has to speak to take care of it. That's the deal right there. When Jesus Christ goes ahead and forgives sins, He makes sure you understand that, yes, God is the one who forgives, but Jesus Christ is God, and He's the one who goes ahead and forgives the sin. He's the one who speaks it, and He's the one who makes it happen right there in just an instant. Forgiveness of sins takes place in an instant. Uh, That's why he says, right, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's instantaneous. That happens in but a moment. Uh, It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much on our side. We just have to recognize we shouldn't keep doing what we're doing. Go ahead and repent of that idea and turn around and ask Jesus to forgive us. You know what his reply is? Thy sins be forgiven thee every time and it washes it away and it makes it clean again these folks they marvel you know why because they say well we never saw it on this fashion Uh, you look at the world and you tell the world that you're forgiven of all of your sins you know what they think you can't know that how can you know that you're going to heaven forever who could know that well because god spoke Uh, the king said i was forgiven amazingly enough when a king gives you a pardon who can say to him what doest thou he says hey you're pardoned forever I'll fix that and they go well who could do that who can forgive sins but God don't? well I can why because I'm God I'm the king I go ahead and say it and it's done it's over with I'll forgive and nobody has ever seen it like that before and you know what they got to see it over and over again in his ministry And then they got to see it over and over again every time somebody, some lost sinner decides they're going to show up at Jesus' feet and go ahead and say, you know what, I'm a sinner. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Wash me and forgive me and help me. And he says, okay, thy sins be forgiven thee. And he's been doing it over and over and over again. Just did it yesterday for an 89-year-old woman. He said, thy sins be forgiven thee. She's cleansed of all of her sins forever. What a wonder it is when a king is willing to speak. Your sins will be cleared from off of your record. Not only that, but he goes ahead and same passage right here. He goes ahead and he's got this man sick of the palsy, and he comes in and he is sick in verse number three, but he didn't leave sick in verse number twelve. Uh, you say what happens? Well, when he speaks, the sick are cured. Uh, there's no sickness Lord can't cure. Uh, it doesn't matter what you've got going on in your life. It doesn't matter how sick you've been or the troubles and the problems you have. Uh, you know, it's it's amazing to me. We look around and, and we go, well, you know, I just don't know what God can do. You have no idea what God can do. If he decides to speak, it's taken care of. So what if he doesn't speak? Well, if they're saved, it's all taken care of. Uh, it's just amazing to me. We'll get to that part here in a little while, but uh, when he speaks and, that take that gets taken care of too but uh when he wants it healed he just says it and it's taken care of how many times have we heard of people who have uh gone in and and they said boy you got this problem right here and then they go in about two weeks later and they go we don't know where your problem went Uh, we don't know where that is uh, and we don't know what happened uh you had cancer you don't have cancer we don't know where it went (laughs) you had this going on and we don't know what it was, and we couldn't figure it out, and now it's not there anymore. I don't know what it was. So What God do? He spoke. Jesus Christ decides to speak. You say, who moves that hand when he goes? Who gets him to speak? You did, going in front of a throne of grace. What gets God to speak? These folks right here, they go ahead and rip a roof off of a house so they could go ahead and lower their friend down. So what, what gets God to speak? What gets Jesus to speak and help? I'll tell you what does his kids his children go ahead and get him to speak it's amazing what God could do for you that he won't do for anybody else if you'd be willing to ask if you'd be willing to speak he'd be willing to speak the problem is we're too quiet some days and we wonder why God didn't just take care of it because he wants you to ask it's amazing to me, blind Bartimaeus shows up and he's standing there and he's, he's cried out and the Lord brings him down. And the first thing he says, the blind Bartimaeus, I mean, it's his name. He's blind Bartimaeus. Everybody knows him that way. I figure that's what they called him on the side of the street. Oh, it's just blind Bartimaeus. Everybody knows he's a blind Bartimaeus. That's who he is. Shows up in front of Jesus. Jesus says, what do you want me to do? That's a dumb question from the creator of the universe, isn't it? Unless he wanted to find out if Bartimaeus knew what he wanted. You willing to ask me for what you want? You have not because? Yes, not. Well, could God heal? Of course he can. Well, why didn't you ask? You say, well, I just don't know if he'd really do that for me. He goes ahead. Look at chapter 3. Look at Mark chapter 3. Verse number 1. He entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand, and they watched him whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. Well, I don't know if God would do that. I don't know if Jesus would answer that. I mean, you don't understand the circumstances. Well, here the circumstances are designed to go against him. And he saith unto the man with the withered hand, stand forth. And he said unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill? but they held their peace. And when they looked round about on, and when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored whole as the other. He'll do it. He'll heal it even when everybody else thinks he won't. Is he really going to do that? Boy, he shouldn't take care of that that person, they're terrible and they're wicked and they're doing all these bad things and they haven't been living right and they haven't been doing right and, you know, everybody knows that guy. Everybody knows her. Well, yeah, but how about you just stretch forth your hand? I'll take care of it. He can go ahead and fix it. The sick can be cured even when nobody else thinks they're worthy of it. That's amazing. That's amazing. God says, I, I've got time. I can do it. I can do it when I want to. I can do it on the day. Nobody else thinks I'll do it. I can do it in the hour when, I, when nobody else thinks I should do it. Why? Because when the word of a king speaks, there's power behind it. And it goes ahead and goes ahead and cures the sick. Matthew chap- or Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. I told you I won't be long. I only got five points and we're on point three. See, that's pretty good. We're doing all right. Mark chapter 4, this is a good one, I like this. If you don't like this one, you've got problems, all right? Mark 4, verse 36, right? And when he had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? You know, it's amazing, by the way, Jesus Christ speaks, and he goes ahead and forgives sins, and everybody marvels at it. He goes ahead and cures, and they marvel at it. He stands here, and he speaks a storm down off the, off the, just smooths it right out. You know what he does? And everybody goes, man, who is this guy? Who is he? I mean, what kind of guy is this that even the wind and the seas obey him when he speaks? Well, he's the king. That's who he is. And the king decides to speak. And when he decides to speak, he can calm the greatest of storms. The storms are all calmed when Jesus decides to speak. Why? Because he's their creator. So he's their king. He's the one who's ruling over it. And you and I, we have circumstances and problems and trials and troubles and tribulations and all the things. And you know what we need? We need to show up to his throne and find out if he'll speak. Because, boy, if he'd speak, you realize they run down into the ship. They get down in there and they go, "Uh, don't you care? We're about to die here. You ever feel like that? The waves are coming up and the trouble is there and the sorrows and the troubles and the trials and the finances and the... There it is. And you go, I can't do this. My life is gone. I'm shipwrecked. It's going on and we're going under. And you go in and you go, God, don't you care that I'm about to die right here? And the Lord says... Do you have any faith in me? Don't you, can't you trust that if I speak, it's over with? That when I step out on the bow of that ship and I decide that peace be still happens, that's when it happens? Can't you trust that I know when the storm's supposed to go calm and when it's not? Have you no faith? What? That when the king speaks, it happens. When the storms are there and the troubles are there, You just have to trust the king knows what he's doing. And you don't get to ask, what doest thou? God, why aren't you coming, my storm? Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that part. You just keep going, hey, are we ready to die yet? I'm ready to die. I think I'm going under. Are you ready? Because I'm ready. If you want to show up, you can show up anytime. I'm looking at some great, I, I've got this idea. I have no idea how that message is going to come together. I'll preach it eventually, maybe, Lord, give it to me or not. But there are a couple of people in the Bible that are quite impressive to me. One is, uh, one is Ittai. And Ittai becomes, uh, I think it's a third, if I'm remembering correctly. I think it's a third of David's army goes under the, under the I guess he's a general probably, under David third of David's army goes under his control. He's in charge. He's an outsider. He's Ittai the Gittite. He's not, he's not one of the children of Israel. So how did he rise to that power? When he came to David when he was in exile. And he tells David, I'm going to go with you and fight. And David says, no, no, no. I, I don't know if I could trust you. <laughs> Basically, he's going... I, You just got here. I don't know who you are. You got your people that are with you. I don't know if you're going to stab me in the back when I get in the middle of the fight. Ittai says, no, 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 you don't understand. He says, "Uh, your God is now my God. And I'm going to die with you. If you die, I die. That's all there is to it, David. I'm with you. And David takes him into battle. And man, it's amazing. He becomes all the way up. I mean, him and Joab are basically, you know, the three guys, Joab, Abishai, and, and Ittai is the third. Those three guys. He's one, he makes some of the, one of the greatest statements. Esther going before the king. If I perish, I perish. There's just some amazing statements like that. Just some, some all out I mean just they're gonna give everything that they've got and they're looking at it and they go oh one of the other ones right there in the middle of the battle I think Joab is there and uh he's got the two armies coming up against him the Syrians and uh and the Ammonites I think if I'm remembering right right they're both coming up and he looks and he says okay you take all the army of Israel over there me and the mighty men are going to go this way and we're going to take them out and if they're too strong for you then we're going to come help you and if if you're too strong. If uh, they're too strong for us, you've got to come and help us. And if we're both losing, the Lord do that which seemeth him good. That's an amazing statement. The, that, hey, if we lose, it's because the Lord didn't want us to win. And he's going to do whatever's good to him. Why? Because he's the king. He's the ruler. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? Well, you can trust that he's doing right. He wants to go ahead and he wants to calm the storms. And if he calms the storms, everything's great. And if he doesn't, we're done. Well, then he's right. When's he ever been wrong? He doesn't know how to be wrong. It's one of the most amazing things about him is he has no idea how to be wrong. So when he goes ahead and decides he's going to calm the storm for you, it's because you asked and he said, okay, I'll do that. And out he walks. He walks. And he says, peace be still. And everybody looks at him and goes, what manner of man is this? They look around and go, what kind of a God is that? We go ahead and cut ourselves and fall down in front of him and we cry out to him and we yell and Elijah's just over there laughing at us. <laughs> maybe he's asleep, maybe he's on a trip, maybe he's, maybe, maybe cry a little louder. Can't get get your God to call fire down from heaven? Okay, well, uh, just let me go ahead and dunk mine in a whole bunch of water and go ahead and ask him. And when I ask him, he'll go ahead and burn everything up. And they look, which one's God? Well, the Lord, he is God. That's what everybody figured out right there. Because that's who he is. Mark chapter 5 and verse number 1, and I won't read all this because I'm running out of time. Waxing too eloquent, right? Uh, Mark chapter five, verse number one, all the way down to verse number fifteen. You all know the guy, right? He's he's the man in, that's dwelling in the in the midst of the tombs. No chain could bind him. They bind him with fetters and chains, and Jesus shows up, and he says in verse number thirteen. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out. He sends them away. He sends them away. That's what he does. You say, what does he do? Uh, all the all the spirits are cast out. When he doesn't, even the devil has to obey him. That's the kind of king that he is. Oh well, the devil's bothering me. Well, go see the one who takes care of him and holds his leash. You realize that the devil only had as much power with Job as God would let him have? That's all there is to it. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Well, the devil's bothering me. Okay, go ahead and take it up with your creator. He's the master of that one too. Say, Why is he letting him get away with so much stuff? Maybe because you don't ask him to go ahead and get rid of him. Anyways, I don't get into too far in that. But, uh, you know, the problem is that even the devil has to obey him. If the devil, if the Lord wanted that devil to go ahead and go, go as far away as he wanted to, if he wanted to go ahead and get rid of it and be done, they, they have to beseech him not to. He's merciful enough he didn't. Don't send us all the way, you know, send us in the swine. So he does. What's the Lord doing? Uh, They have to obey him. If he didn't give them that, they'd have gone wherever it is he told them. The Lord knows what he's doing. The Lord knows exactly what he's doing. Oh, the devil's got this in my life and he's got that in my life. Only only because you won't go ahead and talk to the one who needs to take care of it for you. Even, Even Michael the archangel... When he's disputing the, the devil with, over the body of Moses, his answer is, the Lord rebuke thee. You cannot get around it. Uh, you and I are not powerful enough to go toe to toe. Not with him. He is the greatest created being in the universe. He is a created being, though. So he still answers to his creator. Nothing he can do to you. When the, devil wants, uh, when the Lord wants the devil kicked out, he's taken care of and there's no issues. All right, last one because i a, I got five minutes. Here we go. Uh, Mark 5, look at verse 22. It says, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him, and thronged him, and Of course, you get the woman with the issue of blood that interrupts and puts you all the way out to verse number 35. He goes ahead and heals that woman. And in verse 35, While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult that was, uh, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Kalitha kumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto the arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years, and they were astonished with great astonishment. They charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given to her to eat. Uh, you say, what does he do? Uh, he brings the sleepers back to life. Mm. Oh, she's, she's dead. He goes, no, she's just sleeping. It's amazing you get to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and the ones that are dead in Jesus, he calls them sleeping. They that sleep in Jesus. (laughs) We're always just taking a nap. (laughs) Until when? Until he goes ahead and speaks. Isn't it amazing you get to Thessalonians, shout the voice of the archangel, the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise. So that's the voice of the archangel. Yeah, but there's a trump that follows. And it's the trump of God. It's funny. You go ahead and check all the wonderful parallels. I won't do it for time's sake tonight. But on the road to Damascus, there's the Apostle Paul coming. Well, Saul at the time. He's not the Apostle Paul yet. He's Saul. Say, what happens? The Lord shines down the light, right? Knocks him off the horse. You know what everybody heard? They didn't hear a voice. Paul heard the voice. Say, so what did they hear? Some of them heard the sound of a trumpet, and others heard wind, and others. And you go ahead and say, what did they hear? Well, for some, it'll just be a trumpet. The voice, trumpets sounds out an alarm and goes ahead and calls his kids home. Say, one day all those that sleep in Jesus will get a call. And the Lord will speak and they'll be made whole again forever. In just an instant. The moment in the twinkling of an eye, all of that'll be changed. So well what if he what if he doesn't go ahead and take care of my sickness? What if he doesn't calm my storm? What if the devil gets to me and and I, you know, nothing works out? Don't worry; that last one will take care of it all. If he doesn't come through on those other ones, and it's not his will to take care of those, you know what he will? He's already decided what his will is. If you've already called upon him, and he's already taken care of your sins forever, if your sins are cleared, and he's spoken that word, then when it gets down to the time when you're asleep and life is over with, you know what? He is going to sound, and he's going to speak. Lazarus, come forth. He's going to call you home, and it'll all be back. It'll all be great. You'll be in a place where the devil will never touch you, where the storms of life will never show up, where sickness is gone and sin will never again touch your body. It's a place clean and a place free of all of those things. And when he speaks one last time, that's where we'll spend eternity. Father, I thank you for the night. I pray you would. Keep us safe as we go. Bless the night. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming out tonight. And uh, if you have to head next door, feel free.